Right, guys, welcome to another episode, which I'd love to say was number two. And the reason I love to say that is because it should have been number two. And the reason it should have been number two was because we had a, a great conversation with our guests and just we had some in-depth questions and we had some, you know, business-based questions and just life questions in general. But as you might have guessed, that he wasn't, our, he wasn't there. And that's because Zoom decided it was going to mess up our interview and also decided it was going to mess up our opportunity i'm not sure why but if we i figured it out in it it will definitely be up this time so you guys will definitely be seeing this right now don't worry but our guest today he's the marketing director for simply social scotland which has won scottish marketing agency of the year scottish prestigious awards plus is also based in my old stomping ground dunfermline a scottish quote pretty much you're based there and he's a man with arguably the, the best beard on linkedin arguably youtube but definitely linkedin it's Dale Miko, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you for coming on again. Again, like, I'm not sure what happened with the whole Zoom thing and it mixed up our interview, but, you know, I appreciate, you know, giving me your time again. No problem at all, buddy. So what's, um, you know, what, what, what made, I think, like, to get arguably into, like, the, the, the in-depth questions, what made you want to get into business? Because you're only, you're only, you're only quite young, so it's, it's quite, you know, to get to want to aim to be in that it's quite you know it's quite you know adventurous if you want to say of course yeah uh, well, i'm 27 uh, obviously loving dunferlin um, and i guess what makes me want to get in business it's just a passion for what i do so uh, obviously i live and breathe you know marketing sales and stuff like that and uh, i like sort of taking people by the hand and getting them results basically so i think during sort of covid uh, the start of covid anyway when the lockdown started i've just seen an opportunity to, to really kind of mirror what I see in businesses to, to help them sort of scale uh, and make more revenue and kind of stay afloat during the pandemic as well. So um, when I launched the business, uh, Simple Social Scotland anyway, when I launched that, uh, it wasn't really supposed to be as big as what it is now. It was just sort of like a freelance um, idea that I had that basically took off on the back of COVID, which was lucky. Mm. Um, and yeah, so basically that's kind of where what inspired me to set it up was just seeing a little gap in the market. A lot of people where I'm from as well, they don't, you know, make the most out of their market for their business. So uh, just an you know, opportunity and kind of grabbed it there and I tried to help people along obviously during COVID. Mm. Yeah, I think like obviously people admire you for that, will admire you for that, for helping people rather than just like sitting back and knowing there was people were struggling with that. You actually like took the initiative to go out and help people. But I think, you know, to to go back just a little bit with, you know, yourself and, you know, your background before we talk about Simply Social Scotland. I think, like, what, do you have a, any sort of, like, um, qualifications in business or is it, like, kind of, like, self-taught, you know, like, the the kind of, like, book lifestyle or is it more education-wise? Of course. Uh, well, I left school in fifth year, uh, so um, literally within two months into staying on at school, I left. Uh, just took down to family reasons and uh, basically decided to, to to go into college, I feel like. I didn't know what I wanted to do um, and I just basically got forced into doing something. So my, my family basically made me go to college, uh, started studying engineering. Uh, absolutely hated that, uh, stuck at that for about two, three months and then decided, now nah, I'm better off making some money. So uh, started basically an entry-level sales jobs um, on the phones and stuff like that and, and kind of uh, became quite good at it to be honest I really enjoyed the, the sales kind of element of working when I was younger and mm -hmm. the opportunity to make more money and, and hit targets and stuff like that but nah, like, no qualifications as such in, in business I mean I've done things the opposite way I mean I've got no experience in business I've got no experience um you know, managing other companies and stuff like that and no sort of qualified education uh, to date. But like I say, I've done it the wrong way around. So right now I'm studying at uni, uh, but I've already, I'm only doing that because to, to kind of sharpen up some, some tools that I've got just now. Uh, I don't need it as such, but it's kind of the practice what you preach kind of thing. And if I've got, you know, uni graduates and stuff coming to work for me, I kind of want to be able to have that level of conversation with them. And yeah, just basically learn a bit, bit, bit more about self-development. And um, yeah, so, but to answer your question, now, nah, mate, I've went completely wrong way. So I've, I've, I've set up the business, I've done the work experience, I've done all that, uh, and I've done the educational side last. Mm. But you say, you say, to be honest with you, you say the wrong way, but a lot of people would probably disagree with you there and say it's maybe the right way because you, as, as you obviously you'll know yourself, sometimes you literally have to just, because it would have been quite a whim to be like, you know, I'm just going to start my own business and, you know, 
it, 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 a lot of people say it's, you're actually better just jumping in and, you know, head first, which you obviously did. But I want to like, um, you know, engineering, that's obviously that that would have been a really good career. You know what I mean? So when you, you people, you know, seen you wanted to become, obviously they would have seen you wanted to become an engineer just due to you doing engineering. But after that, what was like the response when you kind of like left college and were like, I want to go and do, you know, I want to go and have my own business. I want to go and like work for myself and I want to go and earn my own money. What was the response? Not necessarily from your family, just from people in general when you were like that. Yeah, I think they're quite happy. I mean, to start with, when I left college, I didn't go straight in and start my own business. I mean, I only set up my own business last year. And I left college, I'm talking just shy 10 years ago. But um, nah, I'm just, I mean, they were happy as long as I was working and as long as I was making more money in my family. Um, and like I say, the jobs that I was going into wasn't anything spectacular. It was just sales jobs. I mean, I'd worked for you know, call centers. Um, I ended up working in the financial sector and the bank uh, and then uh, kind of insurance and stuff like that. And then that was all sales. But I would say that when I was doing all that, um, I kind of found my passion for the marketing side because I was that sales guy sitting there thinking, right, I could be using better materials here or I could be doing, they should be doing a better campaign to help me sell this product or something like that. And I always used to see the marketing team across the across the office and be like, oh, I, would, I would love to sit there and always had these ideas that I would give to my manager and no one would ever, you know, act upon them or anything like that. And yeah, I think it's good because obviously I got the experience of the sales side of things, which is also great when you're starting your own business. And then uh, obviously my, my trade is marketing. So, you know, after I left the, sorry, left the sales roles, uh, I then started getting entry-level marketing jobs, sharpening up my skills there. And then I've been working in marketing for, you know, over seven years. Um, basically. And then I've went from print sort of marketing all the way up to digital. So there's loads of different things there that I've learned on the journey that now I can look back and, and put all them things into one pot. Um, and that's what's helped me sort of set up Simple Social Scotland because we've got the sales aspect, which I know what I'm talking about. And then I've obviously got the, the marketing sense as well, which I've put a lot of effort into, which is kind of comes down sorry, to being self-taught as well. So, I mean, I talk about self-development, that the trends always change. So the different roles that I've had in marketing, like technology, hospitality, leisure, um, again, insurance, stuff like that, um, print, media, things like that. that. These are all things that are, are different in their own way. Um, and it's allowed me to talk, sort of bring on different kinds of clients that send the social scotland because every business is different, um, which, is, which is fantastic. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, I think like one thing uh, people will be interested in is what sales jobs you had. So what in, in our in our what 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 type of sales jobs were they in in a specific sense? Because obviously sales can mean literally anything. But you said you worked at a bank. So what was what, what did you have to like work up to the bank job, or did you join it, or what was the process? And yeah, um, just basically. So I started off right at the very start. My first sales job was at a company in Kirkcaldy. It was MGT, which was a temporary job, and it was literally working on behalf of BT. Uh, excuse me, and it was selling uh, broadband at that time. And all we were doing was just a, was a generate a number selector. And I was just sitting at the other end of the phone and it was just phoning constantly, you know, people after people, um, dialing after dialing. Um, and obviously we had sales targets we had to hit. And then then I'd obviously went to work for the bank again. That was in a call center environment. Uh, I worked for the Dunfermline Building Society before I got taken over um, as well. And then I went to work for Lloyd's after that. So it was, it was kind of like customer service, but there was sales involved as well. It was a, it was a better paying job and things like that. And yeah, it's, you know, it's transitioned itself from, you know, to that kind of level. I've worked in sort of face-to-face -face sales as well, where I've been sort of scheduling all appointments and having to go out and see customers. Uh, I worked for CR Smith for a little while and that's kind of what I was in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, every sales job that I've had has been different, but every role has had the same. I mean, been a, it's been a people's person basically. And it's, I think like working in sales, you kind of sharpen up your transparency. So you've got to be a good people's person. You've got to, be able to hold a conversation. You've got to, be able to listen. Um, and I think being chucked into that when I was younger, it, it's kind of set me up going forward because I'm not scared to, if I needed to pick up the phone and, and phone a stranger or go and meet someone for the first time or anything like that. Like these are all sort of experiences and, and skills that I've learned, you know, since I was a young boy, basically. So Yeah, yeah. With um, because um, I know a little bit about because CR Smith, that's Windows, isn't it? If I'm correct in saying that, I actually yeah. know people who know me will know that I used to work for I worked for Weather Seal for a little bit for maybe I think it was a couple of weeks, but that was just due to like you know starting off because my other job was coming and then I worked for Pennycook, so I've I kind of have the base and I have to say like I was there for 
I think it was six months before I got another job, a better paying job, let's just say, well, arguably better paying job. But I think that, I think that a lot of people don't know that that's commission based. So when it comes to like having a drive, knowing that if you don't put 110% in, you know, you're not going to get anything like, cause you can't, you can't just turn up and be like, you know, pretty much skive you need to actually put you know 110 percent in effectively so would you say yeah. that job would would be actually a big factor in helping you today because if you don't work hard your team is not going to work hard and if your team isn't going to work hard then you know that that affects yeah. you yeah i suppose in a way absolutely um i mean when i took that job again i was still a young boy i only took it because it was a job that was paying money uh, and yeah of course if i didn't work extra hard i wouldn't get extra money so that was kind of how it worked but I don't, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, of course, these skills get set into you and you know that you have to deliver to make sure that you're getting paid. I mean, that is a, you know, a drive in itself. But I think with me, uh, even at that point when I was doing sales, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I was still sitting there. All I knew was I wanted to make some money uh, so I could go out at the weekend with my pals when I was younger. Mm-hmm. That's generally all I cared about. Um, and then obviously, I'd, when I'm saying that, like, I did start to start to think about these marketing ideas and then my brain started going as I got a bit more mature and then, started applying like I got confident enough to apply for jobs that I actually wanted to work for so I used to just take jobs based on the salary um, and I think roughly when I was about 20 I applied for a job with the Scotsman in Edinburgh uh, and it was a more sort of sales and marketing role and that's kind of where my journey started if you like because I, that's when I started you know speaking to businesses on when I was working there and then coming up with strategies and, and helping them with this like trying to sell products that I had as well so it was a bit of everything but I was actually starting to work with all these different businesses and I started to understand their needs and then that kind of made me more hungry because these guys were relying on us to deliver uh, and you get a kick out of that. So if, you, if you're, it's quite addictive. So if you're projecting something in marketing, for example, you're saying, this, is, this is what we're proposing, this is what we think we're going to do, this is the results that you'll get. If that actually comes to life and it happens, that's a very, very addictive feeling where it's like, I said that was going to happen and that's because of us. So that's that I started getting that when I was younger. And then, like I say, the, the roles that I was in just grew and grew and grew. So it's went from newspapers, then it went to technology, et cetera, et cetera. And then my role got bigger and bigger and bigger. But it's all about progression. And it's all about when I was younger, like I say, when I had that drive and I kind of knew what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. then my mind started becoming a bit of a sponge and I was just soaking everything in. And even when I was speaking to like the higher bosses and things like that, I would just sit and listen to them. Um, do you know what I mean? And have conversations with them about other stuff that wasn't even to do with work to find out how they got to where they were. Um, it's quite funny, like any interview that I had, uh, I can remember this like genuinely, any interview that I had when I was going in a market role, there's always that question where they go, where do you want to be in five years? Mm-hmm. And I swear down hand and heart every single time, I was like, I want your job. And uh, they would laugh. And uh, I don't know, sometimes it rubbed off wrong, sometimes they'd be like, oh, who's this guy? But genuinely, that was my ambition. Like when I started, in my 20s, at least, I knew that I wanted to be higher above than an entry-level job. And I knew that I could do it, but I had to try and get, you know, the experience and stuff first because I didn't have that educational or degree background, if you like. Yeah, and I think, like, again, I'm, I'm the exact same. I don't have the educational background. And it's definitely probably one of the biggest... Mine take away, you know, money and all that because money can come, money can go. There's lo- You can earn money, whatever, but you still have to have that drive to, like, you know, earn to be different because, obviously... There, there does come down to a thing of like having your own business isn't nine to five as you know you, you know it's not nine to five so what obviously there's a there's an aspect of your business as well where you're up your it's marketing so you're approaching these big companies you know and obviously you are quite a young guy like in business you, you you're really young would you say that actually has affected you not necessarily getting business but with the way some of these businesses maybe look at you because you're you know, because you're such a young guy, they're like, why would I go with him? He's so young. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you've not asked this question, but I would say one thing that we do uh, is our, like the content that we put out is different to our competitors as an agency, right? So there's guys in Dunfermline, I'm not going to list them off, but there's guys that have been there for, you know, 20 years plus. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact they're like, who's this guy? When we set up last year, like, who does this guy think he is? Because I used to come on, I used to sit and, and speak on camera and I put that out as content. I talk about marketing, I talk about if you're this business, this is what you should do. And I used to talk, but I'd always back that up. So anyone that came on board with me as a client, you could go and talk to them the now without me telling them, like, without me having to speak to them, they would say, I'm just a transparent guy and I'll literally speak my mind. And I think that comes back to your question when businesses look at me and they go, oh, he's quite a young guy. 
it is true, but I'm I'm not as professional as what some people might think that I should be as a business owner. So I'm, I'm literally just a down to earth guy that has a passion for what I talk about, and all I care about is getting people results. That is genuinely it. So sometimes it's not professional, but sometimes I'll go to a client. Um, and they could be quite posh or whatever like that. Like, I don't change. I just talk how I talk, and I'll tell them if I think something. Um, and sometimes it just flows like that. And I think people kind of respect me more for that because I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. Like, age should matter. There's, there's Like I say, there's businesses out there that compete with us that have been doing it for 20 years, but they don't do it as good. Hmm. And age shouldn't come down to that, and experience shouldn't come down to that. It's about results that you, you get for businesses that pay you money Mm. And it's about, you know, doing everything we can and treating those businesses like they're my own businesses. Mm. Um, and I think that's what it comes down to. But absolutely, I mean, we're still new. I mean, we've only been, you know, trading for a year. But I look back at that year and I think, right, well, that's, you know, I'm bloody proud of what we've done. Uh, and we've kind of chucked, we've been chucked in and we're kind of punching above our weight a little bit. But mm. that's what it's all about. And I get a kick out of that. And I know, I know there's competitors out there, like I say, that are like, who's this guy or whatever. But that drives me more to try and take over these guys. And I'm not this nicey, nicey man uh, that talks like, you know, that networks and is like fake. So like my ambition is to be the best in Scotland. And there's nobody getting in my way. No competitor is getting in my way. Like I am overtaking those competitors within the next five years, and that is it. That's the best way and to that's, be, though. That's the thing. It's it's arrogant. It's arrogant, but it's not arrogance. It's confidence. I am confident that's where we'll be. Mm. And you, you know, as you just said there, before we, you know, get into simply social, because you're, you're such an interesting person, to be honest. It's it's hard to. I know people want to know about the business, but it's interesting asking yourself questions. You just said there that. Um, you know, the biggest in Scotland, does that mean you guys only do business in Scotland or do you do business in like England and Ireland and well, just anywhere in the world, really? Of course, yeah. So we've actually got a customer just now in Texas. Um, we've got loads of clients down in England. We've got a couple of clients in the Middle East. Uh, not not yet, but they are coming on board in the next couple of months. So to technically have a client. Mm-hmm. So no, although, although we've got Scotland in the name, uh, we will service anyone uh, in the world. But my ambitions as the business owner is to take us to the next level and I want to set up an agency down in Manchester. I tried to do it last year, but because of COVID, it kind of fell through and I had investors at the time that was helping with that and everyone kind of pulled the plug at the right time because of the COVID was really, really bad in Manchester, mm. sort of November time last year. And then I want to revisit that idea. So I want Simply Social England and then I want Simply Social Ireland as well, sort of in the next 10 years. Um, but no, Scott, I've got to start with my baby, which is obviously Scotland and mm. I do kind of just want to be the best in Scotland. And we're already getting there. Um, but the next ambition is to then move down to England and, and try, you know, punch above our weight down there. And then the same in Ireland. I want to have three, I'm calling it the three pillars. I want the three pillars. I want one in Scotland, one in England, one in Ireland. Yeah, it's always good to have, like, dreams again, because that's, that's one of the questions I always ask people as well, is where do you see yourself in, like, five to ten years? The, the, the interview question, as you said, everybody gets asked that. Everybody does. And obviously, it's quite admirable for yourself, again, that you want to have places all over the world, effectively. But where did, where did Simply Social... Well, Simply Social Scotland is obviously this one, but where did the, the, the name... We'll take away that the Scotland just for a second. Where did Simply Social come from? Is it because, is it because you make it easier for people or is it... Where did, where did that name originate from? So when we started, we, well, when I started the business, it was more like a sole trader. So what I wanted to focus on was social media. So I wanted to... And well, I still believe this, that my forte is Facebook and Instagram. So... I think that sort of even if you're business to business or business to customer, I think that a person's target audience is on social media. Mm-hmm. So when I set up the business, it was supposed to be simply as in it's simple for us to do and then it's social. So it's all about social. However, in the past year we've changed. Like we are now a bigger digital marketing agency. We don't just deal with social, like we deal with anything digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're building websites, strategies, uh, Google ads, the whole the whole thing. Like we're an agency now. But when I first started, that's that was supposed to be the catch. And we were targeting smaller businesses. So I was targeting guys that were maybe turning over 100K a year instead of you know a million or two million or something like that. It was, it was aimed at the smaller SMEs. Um, and that, that was basically the reason for the name. And then obviously Scotland was just the location. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, a lot of people will wonder as well, they'll be like, okay, so before we get into that a little bit more, I think a question people will be like, okay, so... You know, he did sales space, he did marketing base. He's clearly always been a driven type of guy. Like he's always been, you know, he's always known what you want. 
Um, but is that necessarily the case, or would, did you have a you know how like the a funny way to put it is you used to see in the cartoons they used to have the light switch thing. Did you have one of those moments you were like, okay, this is what I need to do now, or were you, have you always been like, you know, I want to be you know business and I want to be this type of thing? Yeah, um, I've always been very headstrong and honestly believe that there's two types of people in the world. Okay, so there's types of people that are just born into the world and they just follow the regime and they're they're told what to do and they, they just soak everything in and it's the norm basically is what what i'm trying to say you know they get they've got their mom and dad there um their families and they just go to nursery primary school high school go to university do this do that and it's all just uh an automation if you like and that's just that is the normal person and there's nothing wrong with that no but then you get the person that something's traumatic happens to them when they're younger at a child childhood age right and these people are kind of damaged if you like but these people's personalities are always a bit bolder or they're, they're protected at some point. And it was a really good thing that I'd seen the other day. And it was, I don't know if you know the guy, Marco Pierre White, he was a chef. He's a, a famous chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's talking about, he talks about an, an, an allergy of it. So the best way to put it is like a glass. So someone that's broken, there's your glass, right? Mm-hmm. They're in the middle of that glass and they've got a shield around them, mm-hmm. right? And there comes a time where they can see everything on the outside of the world, but they're protected by this shell. And they just go about soaking everything in. And then when the time's right, it's time to break out the glass. Right? Mm. And then that's the time that you take the glass out and they've soaked everything up. And that's the damaged person. And these, like I say, these guys have always got a chip on their shoulder. I'm talking about myself. Or they've always got some kind of drive and they're just a little bit different from the normal person. And I would say that's what, what I'm like. Um... Just I had quite a, a traumatic, traumatic if you like, childhood. I didn't have a normal childhood, um, but I think I've always had that chip on my shoulder, and I've always wanted to prove people wrong. Uh, I've always wanted to do well for myself. There's, there's no one that's gave me this. It's all that's been down to me. Um, never had handouts, nothing like that. Didn't have amazing advice with anything to do with business or anything like that. Everything I've built is for me, um, and that's that's kind of just come down to experiences that I've had in my life, and that's. That's the, what, what I put it down to. Yeah, and obviously everybody, I can definitely relate to you on that one with, you know, having rough childhood. But I think, like, there is a lot of people out there that, you know, you, you see how driven they are and they see, you know, they work 16-hour days or, you know, all this sort of stuff, seven days a week, they're constantly working and then either they're working at the gym and then work. And you have to say, and then usually because they feel they have a point to prove, like you said, they have a chip on the shoulder. And again, Obviously, you said yourself, you do as well, and I do, and I'm sure our listeners and the people that view it, they will as well, because that's the type of like person that, you know, this is kind of aimed towards is to help people that are kind of like are driven and are, don't just want the, again, nothing wrong with it, but don't just want the normal, you know, nine to five lifestyle, you know, the house and the white picket fence with the wee puppy and all that sort of stuff. They don't just want that. They kind of want something completely different, which again, everybody admires each of them because each is just as hard to do, but one necessarily like you know it's, it's a, it does take a certain type of person to do one versus the other to be honest yeah but let's get into a little bit of your business yourself because it's as again it's been so nice hearing like all this sort of stuff and I still have loads of questions but I, I would like to talk about your business I'm genuinely interested so one thing I want to you know come right out there and say is that a lot of people don't know that but simply social Scotland actually has drones now that's very like that's obviously a new niche in anything, but where do, do you fly the drones yourself or do you have like a, I don't know if this is silly to say, but, or do you have a, a pilot maybe, is that what you call them? Do they, do they come in or is it, do you, is it yourself or is it a member of your team or? Yeah, it was myself that does it. So I decided to bring the drone in just to offer that something a little bit different uh, to clients. And a lot of guys that we've got, estate agents and, and builders and things like that, like what kind of pushed me to, to get into this space a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just for content really and yeah it's myself that flies I'm fully certified I had to do a course and stuff on that as well and you're right it's a drone pilot um, so that's kind of what we do uh, we incorporate that into our marketing we, we actually do surveys for companies and stuff as well and it's, let's face it it's quite cool it's, it's really cool to fly mm-hmm. um, something that I never thought I would get into but I was just sitting one night and I was thinking right, how can I do something that's a bit different compared to what my competitors do uh, and it was the drone footage so there's it comes in handy with so many different things like honestly like you can promotion videos like i say surveys um even like the, the estate agents i would say is the best one like they're trying to sell a property 
the phone us up, we go out, do a promotional video with the drone, highlight the house and stuff like that, and it works a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite cool to offer that. There's, there's not a lot of companies that offer that uh, where we're from. So no, and the I think I think a lot of companies that you know, if companies watch this, is that they'll see it as that it's they're, they're phoning you. But they're not. It's not like you're going and then phoning another boy and being like, "Could you or girl? Could you be? You know, could you come and do this?" It's actually you that's doing it. So you can specifically yeah. tell them exactly how it's going to work, exactly how it should work. I should say, I should say, and how it should look and everything. Like that. So again, that is impressive. But what you know, you you said you do websites and manage people's social media and stuff like that. What what what's 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 what would you say is like the 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 hardest part of mm-hmm. Okay, a, a good, uh, let's change this question up. I think a good, a good uh, another way to look at this, right, would be what do you, would you say is like the hardest part of marketing a company? Uh, strategy, really. Uh, I would say when you have that initial call or meeting at the start of the month, uh, the customers obviously got goals and, and targets they need to hit as a business. So if we're on board with them or if we're talking to a company that to, to obviously try and win their business and become a partnership with them we'll, we'll talk about yeah what revenue they look to hit um is their brand strong enough who's their target audience is probably the hardest one because there's there's so many businesses out there that think they know who their customers are mm-hmm. uh, and all they do is focus all their attention on this group of people where there's actually two two three four five groups of other people that they're, they're not targeting and you know there's money sitting there to be made if we're targeting the correct audience so I'd say that's probably one of the hardest. Uh, the second one is ads. So I would say 70% of our business just now is actually running paid ads campaigns. So it's like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, stuff like that. And the hardest part is, is being able to forecast something because like I said at the start of this call, mate, like everything changes all the time. So trends change all the time, stuff like that. And even like software, for example, on Facebook and laws and advertising laws all she needs all the time so the hardest part is to try and keep up with that uh, and then be able to project like an honest um you know like leads count for example how many leads are we going to get this customer mr customer we're going to get you this many leads and it's so difficult sometimes to to try and forecast that and, and make it happen um, just because of what changes around us all the time all, all the time hmm. and because like i think uh, people will be interested to know as well is that you know, obviously, as you've said, you're a very like driven it, passionate person. So does that mean, say, for example, you could, I'm not saying you do or that, but say, for example, you couldn't hit that target. Does I take it that really will affect you big time because you feel like you kind of let them down. Even if you've made them tons and tons of money, it's still going to, does that still affect you? Because you're like, I could have done better. Or do you just, are you happy with what you can hit? Uh, well, I'm never ever happy. Let's put it that way. So anything <laughs> I'm doing, like I still want more. Like that's kind of how I am. I'm a numbers man. So it's all about stats and it's all about like revenue on the back of marketing campaigns and stuff like that. That's, that's what I'm about. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do take it home. Uh, if that's what you're asking. Like it does affect me, but in marketing as well, like it's not a gamble as such. But when you're doing ads and stuff like that, it doesn't always work. It can't always work. So you've got to fail to then get the stats from what's failed in marketing and use that to target the right people next time if that makes sense yeah so even if there's a bad month all you have to do is look at why that's a bad month and dissect it and look at what the reasons actually are and then make sure that you're not you know duplicating that the following month and you're you're actually working on the stats and the data that you've collected from doing the paid campaign the month before which wasn't a success and that's the best way to sort of build it brick by brick and it does it's like usually when you've got a new client for example that wants to invest into paid advertising via social media for example it does it takes about three to four months before you find that right formula to figure out what, what actually works for that business like i'll give an example um there's a new company that we brought on like four months ago uh, and i was reading the stats out to my team the other day so they're a, they're a Windows and Doors company, uh, quite small, uh, based in Inverkeithen. And basically, we, we took over. These guys have got a cam, like 15 canvassers that go out on the daily, right, and, and try and win business door to door. They gave us, they pay our retainer, and then they gave us, I think it was £3,000 over this space of four months. Mm-hmm. And I had the call with a guy on Friday, the owner, and he told me that my advertising campaign had brought them in over £100,000 worth of sales. And the, wow. the next two three months, he's getting rid of his whole canvassing team and he's putting all the money over to us because we can, you know, we're producing far more 
than what you know humans ever could because it's all digital now. Mm-hmm. But the two thousand pound has returned over a hundred thousand pound. But then I've got you know just say Mr. Smith down the road, who is a smaller business and he's spending you know more than that. He's spending five k a month with me, for example, in advertising, but he's not getting that return back. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it changes between different clients, and it is frustrating because we've got over you know eighty clients that we work with a month. Um, and every single journey and story is different for each client, so it's just the way it is. Yeah, and you were saying you were speaking to a member of your team. How 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 many members do you have in your team uh, just now? Uh, currently, we've got two. Uh, we'll be doing a recruitment drive again in the next couple of weeks, so we've got two just now. Uh, I've got a brand new team. I had a team last year. Uh, unfortunately, it just didn't kind of work out. So, I've got a new team. I've got a developer in house, uh, and we've got a, a graphic designer and a social media manager combined. So, uh, it's working really really well. Everyone that I bring in now has, has got their own skill set and their own talent, and that's what works. So it's like I'm the ads guy. I've got the developer that does the websites. I've got the graphic designer slash social media girl that posts and stuff like that. So everything works really, really well, and it's kind of like a conveyor belt. So everyone does their own thing, and then it gets passed along for that customer, and then that's it. So it's a one-stop shop, if you like, rather than outsourcing again to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Everything is done here for that customer. Yeah. So you're saying you're doing a recruitment drive. I think something people would love to know, obviously, because everybody, you know, has had a tough time with jobs and things like that. So when they hear that, they'll be like, I'm going to obviously apply. What does it take to apply and work for Simply Social? Does it take the, the grades kind of thing? Or would you rather bring somebody in and train them up? Or would you do you like both? What's what's maybe like not like a number is no I, I don't want to say a number, maybe like just a handful of things you would say, like somebody when they come and they're like, Dale, I'd like to work for you this is what I have to have, offer. What, what would you say is like some of the things that, you know, you would like to see? Uh, well, number one is transparency. So that's what I like. Like, and I portray myself to be that. And I, I think it's important for whoever it is that works with me is the same. Uh, I think, you know, to be sort of humble as well, I don't like people that are overly confident because if someone's really overly, overly confident, it means they cannot be trained. They just, yeah, so they're, they're not willing to be trained. Um, and they might think that they are, but you know, four or five months down the line, these these people can be quite difficult. And it's not their fault. It's just that they are confident in what they do, and they've been doing it for so long. It's just it doesn't match our business here. They've got to be able to be trained. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that you know, university degrees compared to experience, uh, I'll not never look look over one or the other. Uh, it'd be great if there's both, but you know, I come from a humble beginning. I'm, I'm not bothered if someone's got a degree over someone that's got, I'd rather take someone that's got four years experience or a year's more experience than that person that's came out of university with a degree. Because mm-hmm. um, just the type of business we are, the experience is key because these people need to be able to, be able to come in, hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exactly what I look for. So Yeah, again, that again, that proves that you're, you know, you said you're arrogant in that, but I, that proves you're actually not. It proves like you are humble because you're not going to take the, the casual degree you're going to take somebody off because you never know the person that doesn't have that degree you could you know give them money pay them and then next thing you know you could change their life you know what I mean you never know what that could help versus obviously you can do the same with a uni person but somebody that's maybe not had the opportunity to get to college and to get to uni you know obviously you're going to help them well but I think like a lot of people would love to know is that what, what what's one thing like you're scared of every day like not I'm not talking like spiders or anything like that because everybody hates like spiders they're they're I mean, they're amazing, but they're like creepy crawlies. But what's one thing that you would say like actually scares you when you wake up every day? Uh, well, I think, again, when I'd set this whole thing up, it was only me to start with. Uh, I didn't have all those responsibilities of, you know, let's, put, let, let's change that, right? I didn't have, the, when I set this up, it was a personal brand. It was Simply Social Scotland, but it was me. And people knew it was me. Now, it's not me. There's a team of people here. And... You know, I've got a family. These people have families. They've got rent to pay. They've got mortgages, um, and they've they've got a drive, and they want to be here for the future. So, I guess waking up in the morning and everything just going wrong, um, and and maybe you know big clients cancelling or something like that, or even another lockdown. Like lockdown, the last lockdown I had absolutely crushed us, uh, just because every kind of business closed. So, mm-hmm. I would say just workflow coming through scares me. Um, and it's not because I'm greedy. It's not because I. It's the, it's the revenue. It's the, it's the revenue that I want to have consistently, so I can take care of my staff and my family. That that's it. That's that's the only thing that kind of scares me on day to day. Well, I'm sure. Like I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to that as well. Is that they've maybe had to take jobs they necessarily didn't want to do, but again, they have mortgages, rents, kids, you know, all this sort of stuff. But I think like something that people will be will be interested in as well is 
who did you look up to as a kid like non-celebrity wise and celebrity wise who was you know because you would have had to look up to if you don't mind me saying people that are driven you wouldn't have necessarily looked up to somebody that isn't driven so who, who was maybe like two people well yeah two people one person that's non-classed as non-famous obviously and then one person that you could class as famous uh, I would say, well, I've actually got two people that's not famous that I kind of looked up to when I was certainly growing up. Uh, in my younger days, it was my, my granddad. He uh, was no longer with us anymore, but Sorry, just, such gentleman, uh, just such a gentleman. Just such a gentleman. Always installed manners and stuff like that. And he'd just be, a, you know, again, a transparent guy. Um, but just loved his family uh, and everything that he'd done was for his family. So uh, looking back, it's like, he's definitely made a handprint in my life, basically, and tried to kind of follow the way things that he would do. Um, the other one would be actually like an old boss of mine who doesn't know this, but I would say like I would say he was quite an inspiration because I took a job with him, and it wasn't just wasn't a member of staff that treated me like it was my business as well. Uh, and I used to sit across from him, the, the business owner, and I'd hear him on the phone, or he would ask me questions like what I thought about stuff, which was to do with his business and installed a lot of trust into me quite easily. Uh, so, and because he did that, I trusted him more as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just a working relationship I had. He looked after me outside of work, we'd go play golf. And yeah, it just came across more of a, a friend, if you like, which was a bit strange, but it won me over. And the way that he, he did that, um, he, got, he got the best out of me. It wasn't just a, you know, a, a boss uh, worker relationship. He, it really set me up and I learned other stuff, not just obviously things to do with marketing, but I learned, you know, the fundamentals of basics of business, if you like, um, from behind him. And even days that he would come in stressed and he would he would vent his stress to me, but even him venting to me, again, it was me soaking like a sponge and I was just listening to it all the time and I was in amongst it. And he was a bit of an inspiration as well. Uh, I still keep in touch with him to this day, but um, I don't know, like, he wouldn't understand the effect he had on me. It's a weird one to try and describe, but it just... It, it was just because it was, he was so trusting to me, someone they didn't know from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that sparked off something something within inside me. So, yeah. um, Famous wise, uh, I think I said this to you last week uh, on the one that didn't work, it was Conor McGregor. Um, a bit cheesy, but it's not the fact that, you know, I particularly like him as a person, but if you look back at Conor McGregor's story, um, you know, 10 years ago, he was on, you know, benefits uh, in Ireland and all he wanted to do was be a fighter and he was literally scraping the barrel so he could get to the gym and, and sort of sharpen up his craft, which was obviously fighting. Um, and you look at his journey and, you know, he kind of talks the talk by walk the walk as well and everything he said happened the way he said it was going to happen, which I think is incredible. Like, there's videos of him talking before he was even a superstar He's saying, I'm going to be the world champion. And he, he just keeps saying it and keeps saying it. And obviously, the more you say something, the more it registers in your brain. And that's obviously happened for him. And I think the age I was when he kind of came around, it was inspiring to be kind of watching his journey on TV. Do you know what I mean? It was just mm. obviously he was on TV fighting and stuff. So, yeah, I would say he's, I mean, he's a he's a megastar now. So I think anyone that, even people that don't like him have to agree that he has a bit of an inspirational story behind him. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And you're, you're 100% right there, to be honest with you, about how, if you tell yourself, it's like a funny way to put it is Jeremy Clarkson. Um, everybody knows Jeremy Clarkson. Everybody has views on him, but I, I personally really like him. And he said that if you believe something will happen, it will happen. And if you keep telling yourself something will happen, it will happen because you'll start making the right moves to make it happen. That's why, because somebody asked him about Drive Tribe and stuff like that and how it's you know, been so successful. And that's what he said. He kept saying that when it went out, when, we st- when him, James and... Richard came up with it they were like yeah we're going to start something but we're going to make sure it's been successful and they were like how could you make sure it's going to be successful and then that's what he said because we believe it's going to be successful so it will be and obviously it's it's arguably one of the biggest car youtube <coughs> lifestyle channels out there to be honest with you yeah. but I mean, let, let me ask you a question right, all right okay. see what, what do you do for then outside what you do college but i just started a new job as a mentor for people with mental health and suicide issues okay fantastic and you obviously have a passion for that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i take it you actually enjoy going to your work yeah uh, i'll start i started in about two weeks but yeah i i've been doing like basic stuff before that but yeah i really enjoy it really really enjoy it yeah so there's going to be there's people out there right i can tell you right now that i mean I'll, before i go into that so right now as well you've also got a passion for radio podcasts and stuff like that that's what you want to do mm-hmm. so 
I would say, how long have you been? It's just started, hasn't it? The podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, long, how long have you thought about doing it? Um, probably, probably about two years, to be honest. So a long time, a long time what, before. What, I thought, what stopped you for two years doing this podcast? Um. Wow. Um. It's not a lot of people would say money and all that. It's nothing to do with that. It's more along the lines of like confidence reaching out to people, speaking to people like yourself, which, to, you know, to be honest with you, you can be intimidating because, you know, it, 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 you know, you're speaking to people that are successful. So it is, it is a little bit intimidating. So that, that, that was it, to be honest with you. Right. Here's a bit of advice, right? And to everybody else that's going to be listening to this, right? Mm-hmm. It's took you two years and that's, that's fine. And everyone's got their own journey, but it's took you two years to set up, you know, to, to follow what you want in regards to doing this for your own podcast show, right? Mm-hmm. In two years, how many guests, if you had set this up two years ago, and done what we're doing right now. I mean, Zoom's free and stuff like that. If you just reached out to people two years ago, you probably could have spoke to over 200 people in those two years. And your following could be above 5,000 people by this point. But that's not happened, and that's not the journey you took. Mm. But you said there that you were, it was a confidence thing, and you know you were, you were, again, sharpening up your tools, and you're still not there yet, but I, I'm confidence that you'll keep learning, you'll keep self-developing, you'll get better and better and better and better. But what you've started to do is you've started to reach out to people now. And the best bit of advice I could give to anybody is don't be scared to do something or ask people for help or for something. You don't ask, you don't get. And the way it is, is if someone says no, what's the worst that could happen? They've Nothing really. You again, you've tried, yeah. yeah. If you message someone, for example, if you message me asking me to do a podcast with you and I'd said no, what's the worst that could happen? That's it. He said no. So it's the same with any business. It's the same with guys that are looking to leave their job, for example, right? They're stuck in a dead end job and they're scared and, and they want to they want to come to me, for example, after this podcast. They'd say, All right, I've always had a passion in marketing. And they write the goal, should I write them an email or should I not ask them when his next recruitment drive is? What's the worst that could happen? They're going to email me and I'm going to say, Yes, there is a recruitment drive. No, there's not. Or they're going to send their CV to me and I'm either going to like it or I'm not. That's it. It says two seconds out of your life. And it's all about luck. It's about approaching someone at the right time or doing something at the right time or leaving your job at the right time and chasing something. Because generally, what is the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. My best advice to young people that still staying at home themselves, still got a roof over their head, is go out and chase whatever you want to chase. Because again, what is the worst that could happen? You could leave your job, try and get another job. That fails. If you've still got a family support and you've still got the, the foundations around you to support you, Nothing's going to happen. All you have to do is try and find another job. But you're 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 hurting yourself more staying staying in a job or doing something that you're doing just now that you don't enjoy. You're just going to become those people that just do the same thing over and over again. You're going to get older and older and older. You're going to hate your life even more and more and more. And it, those people that are chasing their stuff are getting to those opportunities before the people that are not. And it's because the, the people that are not are scared, which is understandable, and you should be scared. Mm-hmm. But if just try and install in your head what's the worst that can happen or someone could say no or something couldn't work out that's it yeah. yeah exactly and I think like um a driving factor for me to be a little bit differently not so much now because it's it's taken care of but before I was very like I was very like that I was like I was in a security job where necessarily okay it, w- it was good but I left and then I went to get another one and it was uh, it was like extremely hard but it was completely different it was 15 hour days so I mean it was you know five days a week so it was completely completely different whole another type of lifestyle and it, it took a lot out of me but something I found was I went and got car I went and got a reasonable car we should say and it, it the finance payment was you know quite a big bit so then that actually was a driving factor for me was the fact that if I didn't work the car pay wouldn't get paid and then I couldn't come back I wouldn't advise anybody to do this but it was, I couldn't then I would, the car would get repossessed I couldn't go to the gym I couldn't see you know mates <clears throat> excuse me girls or nothing like that but I think like yeah yeah you are right yeah and obviously I appreciate your advice and things like that as well it means a lot but I mean, don't, don't, don't get I mean it's the same thing I mean everyone's got their own sacrifices to make and that's why I'm saying that I was kind of pushing that more towards a young person that's got people around them and they're still living at home and they don't have you know commitments that they need to, to deal with at the end of the month. But I mean, don't get it wrong, I totally understand as well. You know, people have got mortgages, people have got finance, they've got bills to pay at the end of the month, they've got credit rates to try and get on the property ladder in two, three years. But you, that's no strategy just to leave your job. I mean, don't don't take what I'm saying wrong. I mean, you obviously, if you've got a plan and you know you want to do something, 
work your, your shifts if it's not possible to leave your job and then, but do self-development at night or apply for jobs that's what I'm saying or write CVs out write emails try and make connections or whatever like there's no strategy just quitting your job and putting yourself in a situation that's not going to get worse like you've always got to have a strategy around what you do mm. but it's a moral obligation to chase something which you find is meaningful and wow, that's what yeah. you, you have to you have to separate the two and there's no point sitting in a dead-end job for 10 years and, and moaning about it but doing nothing about it do you mm-hmm. know what i mean you've got to chase what is meaningful to you, you you've always said you, you're, you're getting a kick when you start a new job helping people that need you mm-hmm. and it's the same with what i do i help people that need me and it's, it's it's something that i enjoy and it's something that gives me satisfaction and everyone out there needs to do the same thing but there has to be a strategy around that and you have to you have to self-motivate yourself to be able to do it yeah what a quote as well, your moral obligation. Wow, that's 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 that that's why I said wow there. That definitely took me back there. That's that's you're you're very right to be honest with you. You do kind of have that again, you're one in what is it, one in four hundred million something chance of being on this planet. So that's like saying, um, if anybody ever asks me what motivates me every single day, and again, it's the fact that I woke up in the morning because unfortunately people don't. You know, you could get like the the healthiest, healthy guy that runs, you know hundreds of miles a month or some just for example sake something like that but then doesn't wake up because of that reason so i think like something people want you to want you know you to answer the question is what keeps you motivated every day outside of like because obviously you have a family and stuff so obviously you have commitments and things like that outside of that what 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 keeps you more what keeps you going every single day well again you've said it not not to do it but generally my family motivates me like that is it that's it that's it but i think the kind of person i am or what i've kind of become is I constantly think, like constantly think. So like I could be lying in bed at 12, one, two, three, thinking about what my next plan of action is or what I'm going to try and do or a new business venture or this or that. And I'm constantly thinking a strategy around it. Like I genuinely don't stop. So if I stop, that's when I start getting quite crabbit or uh, I don't know what to do with myself and I get bored quite easily and stuff like that. And that's because I'm just quite naturally creative in my head uh, and I have to physically do something about it so genuinely what motivates me is taking actions on the thoughts that i have or the plans that i have like i have to keep going or i will just hit a plateau and yeah that that's it genuinely because i've been there before mate and i felt depressed and stuff like that because i can't i can't physically i can't express what i'm trying to do um, i've had that before in my life and it's just now what motivates me is just getting up doing stuff that i think's right or doing ideas or writing things down or doing strategies. That's what motivates me to make sure that I'm getting the best out of myself when these ideas pop up. Yeah. Wow. And I think again that'll be really relatable for a lot of people as well. Because to be in like the line of business, so to be in the outside the norm as people call it, you kind of do need to have that factor about you. But I think like an int- a really interesting question I always like asking people is that what what what's your biggest flaw? And I asked you that last week and I know what you're gonna say, but what is your biggest flaw? Uh, I've been quite trusting. Uh, I've been bitten a few times uh, by people in regards to that. So I would say I can before, um, but I would say my biggest fault is generally what I've just touched on. Like I cannot switch off. Mm. So sitting sometimes, like I've got a young boy, uh, I've got a fiance at home. Like generally, sometimes she could be talking to me and I'm looking at her, but I'm not listening to her because I'm thinking about something else. Uh, and that's 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 not be, me being rude it's just genuinely like i cannot switch off sometimes mm. um i would say that's that's a, it's, it's a it's a it's a good thing and it's a bad thing yeah hey so again like you're saying that there that it's because it's not as if anybody can be like oh it's you know you're looking but you're not listening it's like no you're looking because you're lo- looking and you're not listening because you're thinking i could do all these moves to make our life so much better and my son's life so much better that's the thing that's what that's the difference between a lot of things it's like you're looking at trying to make their life better because you do have a family and obviously you have parents and things like that as well but i think like obviously you know you said you've got a younger boy in that and uh, what what an interesting question would be would what what would you tell a younger dale if you could see if you could set him set him down we'll say like have to say a rough age so maybe we'll say 15 16 ish so like reasonably young but still at that teenage kind of years if he could sit right in front of you right now what would you tell a young dale a young dale i'd see basically say you know be a bit bit more humane a bit more humble um and don't rush it so i mean there have been many mistakes that's what i'm saying i've 
I've pushed for things that I thought was right, uh, new jobs, left jobs, done this, done that, rushing, trying to get somewhere as quick as possible and don't rush it. Just soak it all in and just go with the flow. And I think that's like something that people people will be able to relate to as well. It's because, again, they see all this stuff on social media about people, you know, making all this money, living this type of lifestyle. <clears throat> but it's you've not seen like the 10 years behind them that they've now built as you said as yourself yourself seven years but you've built this and then they'll obviously see you with your business but they, they will obviously they'll know now but they wouldn't have known before like all the struggles you'd went through all the stuff you'd went through all the people that had helped you along the way which again is amazing but a question I do want to ask you you've got a picture of New York in your background what what's what's the inspiration behind that or is it generally because you just like New York or is it because of it's like the capital you know it's obviously like an amazing place yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm laughing. That's not actually my picture. So I'm in a meeting room just now. Uh, oh, so right. this, this is my interior. So my interior is full of psychosocial things. So it's oh, literally right. just, this is just part of the wall. So no, that's not actually mine, mate. Um, although I'd love to go to New York. Yeah, yeah, I've never, I've never been myself, but it's definitely, you know, something that some somewhere I'd like to go. Very inspiring place. And I think that I think I think, I think that what, one thing people want to know is that, you know, and and. As, as you're saying, obviously, you're quite, you're quite a, a, a motivational person. Like, you're not just like the normal, casual, normal person. And I think that that had to have come from somewhere. Like, obviously, you've said you had the, like, switch moment and stuff like that. But it's still, did, did you have it, like, did, does that come from anybody, if I'm making sense? Or does that, is that just, like, something you developed? Or was there somebody there that gave you that motivationalness? Because, again, you, you're quite a motivational person. Uh, again, just comes back to traumatic experiences I've had as a young boy. Uh, I've always had that shell, spoke about it with a glass. Um, I've just always, don't know, nothing gets through me. And uh, I can read people like a book and I don't know, I just, nothing's going to get in my way and that, that's it. It's just, I can't be tamed, I feel like. That's just, just me. And that's just because of the way things have played out in my life. And that's what's installed in my personality now. Um, if I have something in my head, that's what's, what I'm going to try and do. And there's no no two ways about it. That's what I'm going to try and do. Mm. Um, same with, you know, as a people's person, like, oh, I'm honest, I'm open and honest with everybody. Um, again, it's a question to do. Like, if there's something I don't like, I will say that I don't like that. If something's great, I will say it's great. Um, and yeah, I'd like, I genuinely, I don't know, I, I've just, I've always got a soft spot for people that have been through struggles or I've had bad things happen to them, which isn't within their control, it's because of someone else. But that's no excuse, you can't just live with that your whole life and say, oh, this happened to me when I was younger, so everyone you know, has to feel sorry for me or do this. Like, you can't get away with that, you can only get away with that for so long, and then you've got, you've got to do something about that, and it's your responsibility. Again, your moral obligation to do something about that and make something of yourself, um, because no one else is going to do it for you nobody else is going to do it for you so no one else is going to make you quit your job and chase something you want to chase no one else is going to help you get a bigger salary at the end of the month no one else is going to help you get that promotion nobody else is going to help you do anything like everything is on you and it's about what you put in that you'll get back and that's it mm. the uh, a couple of last questions is because i'm sure you're a busy man is you said you can read people like a book and that's interesting because I, I, you know, as many people will have known, um, I was a doorman from 18 till about two years ago. So quite a while. And I actually worked in Dunfermline in Lorenzo's nightclub, which I don't know if you know that place, but worked in there. And I've personally figured out that being, being able to read, I had to learn to read people like a book, learn to know what they were going to do or what they were going to say before they said it, or it could cause obviously harm and things like that. Would you say it's a gift and a curse or would you say that it's actually a good thing? Because some people say it's a good thing, but it has its bad sides. Or would you say it's actually all good? Uh, yeah, no, I do think it's a good and bad thing, I would say. Uh, again, just being the kind of character I am, uh, I'm not going to bullshit someone. So if someone's, if I'm seeing through somebody and uh, I'm not, I'm probably not going to give that person time of day if I think there's a negative about them. Um, if it comes to business, I'm talking about, not personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but personally as well, I mean, I mean, it's got me into trouble a few times where, you know, I'm not able to, to let them go or, um, I no, it's, def it's definitely, a, it's definitely a good thing, uh, but it can be bad as well. Uh, there's, there's got to be a, a happy medium, and that's something that I've worked hard on for years to try to find that happy medium uh, and try and be level-headed, basically. Um, but reading, reading people is, a, is, a, is especially a good thing in business because, like I say, I've been stung before, um, and I've learned from that, and I can 
honestly. There's loads of experiences I've had in my life which has led me to where I am now uh, and bulletproof. Bulletproof, baby. Good, the best way to be. And the last question I'll always like to ask people is that the casual interview question that everybody gets asked, you, you know, you probably ask people yourself, is that where do you see yourself in like five to ten years? And And then on top of that, where do you see because we know where you're going to see um, Simply Social. So where, obviously you've said all the pillars, but where, where would you really like to see that? And then where would you like to see yourself? Because obviously there is two, two, sides, two sides to yourself, which again is really impressive, but where would, where would you like to see both of them? Uh, yeah, I'd love to, England's my next priority, 100%. Uh, there's more businesses in Manchester than the whole of Scotland. So I want to, to get back down there, get the office set up again down there and, and attack that. Um, but me personally, in the next five, 10 years, I want to have everything set up. I want to just be, you know, managing my team, um, you know, delegating and, and training and helping people. Um, but another thing that I'm looking to try and do going forward is I've launched that recently, it's the Simply Social Academy, um, which, is a, which is a separate arm to my business just now. And that's trying to help other people that want to get into marketing or they don't know certain skill sets within marketing. And I'm helping, I'm, I'm teaching them how to do it. Um, and especially I've kind of spoke about before, like I'm not in a position right now where I can do it, but I'd love to set some kind of something up like a charity or something that allows, you know, people that have maybe had traumatic experiences when they're younger or something like that, opportunities to come in and learn and, and have chats with these guys and, and try and direct them and, you know, places that they want to try and get to and hold their hands slightly and and yeah teach like I, I want to I want to be able to teach basically I want to be able to pass on what I know and experiences and help others wow wow well I, I again you said that about the academy but I'd, I'd love to like just find out that little bit about that what what what's like what was the what, what do you do in the academy what's the you know what what would um, you, what do people expect that come to it yeah, so basically the academy right now is it is more corporate, uh, but that's what I'm saying. It will change going forward, but not not the charity side, but from a business point of view, the academy set up for people that are maybe entry level uh, sole traders or freelancers that are maybe good in one thing, but don't know how to do Facebook ads, or they don't know how to do proper strategy, or don't have sales experience, they don't know how to approach clients, they don't know how to win contracts. That's all set up to be cost effective, and we're not ripping anybody off. So it's supposed to be our gift back and charging something quite small to teach these guys proper skill and whatever it is that they want to learn so they can go out and better themselves again and better their business. I mean, I've, I've actually taught competitors of mine how to do Facebook ads and that makes no that, that makes no sense from a business point of view because I'd be competing with them if they start doing that. Mm. But I've done it anyway because it's, it's helping others and again, I've charged a fraction of the cost of what an actual trainer would, would, would do. But like I say, I do inspire, like I've got ideas. I want to put maybe go to guys that are maybe left school and then set something up. So those guys that are left school, they know they want to get into digital or something like that. They're good on a computer or they're good at drawing or they're artistic or whatever. I want to be able to help these people that have had, you know, not the best start in life. And I want to be able to guide them and, and offer the service for free and, and try and set them up in a career that would be good for. But that, that's all in due time. Uh, obviously very, very busy just now, but that is at the back of my mind to do something like that. Yeah, and again, that proves like such what, what a humble person you are because as you said, nobody's, that's like Facebook going to somebody and saying, I'll create, I'll create a social media for you type thing. I'll help you with that. But you actually went out, which again is very, very admirable. And my last question mm -hmm. I have to say is that, you know, with, with what you've done and setting up a business, again, it's really impressive and growing it to what it is. And you have huge aims as in you aim for the sky. But as I tell everybody, aim for the sky because it's there to be aimed for. It's not there to, you know, to be, you know, jealous of, and that's such a horrible word. And, and it's there to be like, literally, you need to aim for it. But you've probably dealt with a lot of negativity from people because I, I've tend to find when I speak to people that are in business or are in just different types of roles, they have dealt with negativity quite a lot from various, not necessarily, most of the time, it's not from the family, it's from people out with that type of stuff, like people that necessarily don't know them. What, how, how have you dealt? Bulletproof. I like that answer. As, I like that answer. That's a. That's probably like. Uh, again, it is really impressive that, you know, you you don't let it get to you because again, there's a lot of people that do let it get to you and it unfortunately stops them doing what they want to do. But again, you don't let it get to you whatsoever, which again is impressive. Who cares? The day if someone's getting you down, you're doing something right and you're rustling feathers and that's it. You're gonna be laughing and compared to them in five years' time, you know, if they're just jealous and putting you down because you're just doing something good for yourself, like. Who cares? Bulletproof. Good, good. And again, I want to thank your time the second time.
<laughs> because the first time didn't work. But is there anything you would like to say to anybody just now before we finish? Like somebody that's watching this, is there anything you would like to say to them? Yeah, I mean, again, just going back to the glass analogy, there's going to be thousands of people out in the world right now that have, like I say, had a bad start. And let's just put it this way, like if I can do it, I mean, I'm not claiming I'm so successful. I've just been lucky in the past year and I've got this business that's thriving and that's that's fine. It's just a business. Like life goes on, work's work and family's family. But uh, if there's people out there that, you know, have not had the best start and they've, you know, they're, you know, they're struggling or whatever and they know they want to kind of do something, they want to get in a space, like just go for it um, and my door's always open like my number's on my Facebook so if there's someone out there that just wants advice or anything like that how to kind of push towards whatever career they want to do or my door or my phone's always on so just just phone and, and speak to me a transparent guy from Fife anybody can do it if I can do it anybody can do it sorry so just push on to do what you want to do and don't listen to anybody else yeah and on on that note we will end up there and again i want to thank you for your time and don't worry guys you will be seeing this episode 100 percent. there's no there's no reason why according to everybody there's no reason why you shouldn't but yeah um just before we go what's the what's all your views so obviously i know what they are but what's all of your social media for people that they can follow you at and figure out what you're doing and everything like that yeah so the best one to catch on what we're actually doing all the time is actually facebook so it's just simply social scotland on facebook uh, websites www.simplysocialscotland.co.uk and uh, we're on instagram as well uh, you'll find us if you just type our name in um, that's it you'll keep up to date with what we do on there mate yeah and then i want to again for because i want to thank you again for coming on again for the second time and don't worry it, it will it will work this time I, I really again i really appreciate your time and yeah Thank you very much for everything. Thank you. Great, mate. All right. Good luck. Thank you very much.